0: The Hoover were really at their peak. They were as big as the Rolling Stones. 18,000 kids were supposed to go through two turnstiles. Got two children in there. I couldn't breathe, I thought I was dying. They're they're passing people very limp from the front. This guy tells us there was already 11 dead. Thinking, well, I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna fight. Most of what has happened has been due to trauma. I had to live, I just, I wasn't gonna give up. 11 kids have been killed tonight. The Who hits back. We don't get Live again. across North America. Pete Townsend, Rogers Daltrey, The Who with an orchestra. Get tickets Friday at livenation.com. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. <laughs> yeah. you know, we can't think of what to say, what would be called to say, what would be uncalled to say. And really there's no words that we can say that can uh, meet with the fact that you guys have come out tonight and, uh, and support this event. Thank you so much. I'm not going to work very hard. But it's you are paying, and your money is going to great causes. (laughs) And many of you remember what happened back here in uh, Cincinnati in 1979, which is probably time for us to both remember and try to forget. Anyway, it's so lovely that we're here. And in this brand new place. Apparently they forgot to set up some seats and, uh, Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fast Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregame and experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So, another real-time show in 2022. Kind of interesting how this one came together. So my daughter was a freshman in college this past year and went to school down in Indiana. She needed to be picked up from school on May 16th. My wife was originally planning to go and get her, but something came up, and she asked me if I could go. And, of course, me being me, I had to check and see if there were any shows going on down in Indianapolis and even Fort Wayne, which is on the way down there for me. And, unfortunately, there was not, but somehow I stumbled across a big stadium show by a rock and roll hall of fame band that was playing over in Cincinnati and I had never seen them. Road trip. This episode is going to revolve around the Who concert I saw on May 15th, 2022 at TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. So Cincinnati is just two hours from Indianapolis, so slight detour for me, but thought it would make sense to do And as you heard at the top of the episode, The Who hadn't been back in Cincinnati since the tragic events of December 3rd, 1979. And actually, I didn't realize that until the day of the show. I believe I saw a Facebook post first, maybe on The Who's uh, Facebook page, or maybe The Venue's Facebook page. Again, I was aware of those events, but I did not realize that The Who had not played in Cincinnati since that so 43 years so backgrounds with the band on the bill so the who i think my initial <laughs> exposure to them was kind of indirect so my brother and i again him being a cdc guy and me being a kiss guy would have debates about just about everything you can think of so of course loudest band would come up all the time. Who's louder? ACDC? KISS? The battle would go on and on and on. And then somehow, I I may have said something about, well, who who is the loudest band in the world? And I remember him saying, well, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the Who holds that record. And I was like, Who? I don't think I had any idea... Who they were but watching mtv practically from day one i can remember in the early 80s the who got quite a bit of coverage with regards to their quote-unquote farewell tour of 1982 looked that stuff up on youtube which was kind of cool it was a MTV Extra Special with Mark Goodman, and it looks like the tour was sponsored by Schlitz Beer. (laughs) When you're out of Schlitz, you're out of beer. Schlitz! Uh, Which was funny to see. And then, you know, I remember, again, those I Want My MTV promos, so I know Pete Townsend was on one, I know Roger Daltrey was on one, and I even remember, you know, that whole I Want MTV thing, and I think they took a line from uh, the song Magic Bus, where I want it, I want it, I want it, and all that stuff. And again, all of that is kind of a memory for me. But, but to be honest, I really wasn't familiar with much of their music until a little bit later. And I think I talked about this maybe on the Moody Blues episode, or possibly on one of the early KISS episodes, about KISS covering Won't Get Fooled Again on the Asylum Tour. And I came across that on a VHS bootleg that I had. And I can't even remember which concert it was, but at the very end, whoever sold this to me put some samples of some other shows. So sure enough, they put KISS Fort Worth, Texas on the Asylum Tour. And sure enough, the song he included was KISS covering Won't Get Fooled Again. And I thought, wow, that's a cool song. Who is that? What is that? Ended up figuring it out and ended up buying the Who's Who's Last live album, which came out in November of 1984. And the version of Won't Get Fool Again is, is pretty good on there. But really what stuck out to me was one of the Who's covers on that album, summertime blues then eventually in kind of uh, middle school and then going into high school i was getting into some 60s stuff 50s 60s stuff and i ended up buying the who's compilation who's better who's best which was released march 18th 1988 and just a great great collection i think there was about 20 songs on there and oddly enough Uh, Bob O'Reilly was actually a bonus track on the CD, meaning it wasn't available (laughs) on vinyl or cassette, which really doesn't make any sense, as that's one of their biggest songs. And then, eventually, I got the Who's Ultimate Collection 2004 time frame, and then now I've got pretty much everything that they've, put out, and of course being a 60s band, a lot of their releases are very confusing. You see UK stuff, you see US stuff, and it's kind of hard to keep all of that straight. But, you know, the Who, they're a little bit different, but again, I think you can, you know, you can compare them to the Kinks, and you can compare them to the Stones, and, you know, even Led Zeppelin, God forbid comparing somebody to Led Zeppelin, but, I mean, all those bands were... Were the big boys towards the end of the 60s and throughout the 70s. So, now on to the show. So, I woke up the morning of the concert, drove down to kind of the northern burbs of Cincinnati, and a couple weeks out from this show, I had reached out to Sonny Pooney who I knew had moved to Ohio, but I wasn't positive where (laughs) specifically he was, and he's actually living between Dayton and Cincinnati. So I reached out to him and said, hey, if you're around, thought it would be great to get some lunch and catch up. And then I also reached out to Bill Elam, who also lives kind of in that corridor, metropolitan Dayton, Cincinnati area. And sure enough, he was available. And Sonny's wife, Nicole was actually visiting him, so the four of us got together and had lunch. Sonny picked the place, and it was great. Catching up with those guys for a couple hours prior to me heading downtown Cincinnati for the concert. So I actually drove downtown, kind of wanted to do a drive-by stadium. Never been there, kind of wanted to get a lay of the land, which I did, and then made my way back up uh near the University of Cincinnati which is where I was going to stay. So after checking in, got uh got everything I needed in the car and made my way back downtown. And actually it was a little odd. The uh, uh there were some parking lots that you know looked like they were open and you just needed to scan a barcode and you could pay but it was coming up as being closed, which was odd. so I found another one, which was a little bit further away. and again, it was only five dollars. I mean, I know it was Sunday afternoon, but uh, there was a big event going on down there and I'm surprised there weren't people there charging 20, 25 bucks, or hell even 30 bucks to park. But then I was walking and, and just trying to get a feel for you know where I was and all of that. and I saw another lot which looked like it was a lot closer to the stadium. There was a sign out that said $20 event parking. I'm like, that's fine. I mean, it's worth it to be closer. So went back, got my car, came back and pulled in there and there was nobody taking money. So sure enough, it was another scan your ticket. And I scanned my, my the barcode and, and did the ticket thing. It was like six bucks. And I, I couldn't believe they weren't Taking a little bit more advantage of that, so parked again downtown doesn't lend itself real well to popping your your tailgate and and setting up shop and and blaring music. So just roll down the windows and and uh, hung out playing some tunes, having some beverages, and I'll get into a little bit more detail on that later on in the episode. So when I finally decided to go in, made the short walk down to the stadium, I could hear the opener playing. And the opening act was actually a local group called Safe Passage, which actually included a couple of members who were both at that show 43 years earlier. So that by the time I got in there and down on, onto the floor, they were starting to play Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here, which was in tribute to to the 11 lives lost in 1979 so after safe passage got done with their set again in between acts and again they were only on for 20 to 25 minutes so there was probably another half hour before the who came on and I, again they they were showing some of the pictures and and even some of the names uh, of those who lost their lives at that show, and then leading right up to the concert, they showed a video from Eddie Vedder, so he was talking about the incident back in 2000, where I believe nine people died at a Pearl Jam concert, and and his comment was that uh, Daltrey and Townsend kind of reached out to uh, Vedder and Pearl Jam and, you know, showed their support at that time and so Vetter was showing his support for them apparently he was planning on being at this show again I think this show was a couple years in the making and with the pandemic it kept getting pushed back further and further and further so again I got a ticket you know somewhat at the last uh, you know about a week before the show and you know when you're going by yourself you have you have a lot more options so i had really really good seat the section that was just in front of the the mixing board uh, on the floor and i think five rows back of that section again there was another section in front of us but dead center so the who set list and they started off with the orchestra overture 1921, Amazing Journey, Sparks, Pinball Wizard, We're Not Gonna Take It, Who Are You, Eminence Front, Ball and Chain, and closed that set with Join Together. And then the next set was the band only, so the seven-piece band that they had, The Seeker, You Better You Bet, Relay, Won't Get Fooled Again. And closed that set with Behind Blue Eyes with a violinist and a celloist, so not the full orchestra. And then they closed the show with the full orchestra, The Real Me, I'm One, 515, The Rock, Love Rain Over Me, and closed the show with Baba O'Reilly. Breakdown of the songs. Zero songs from My Generation through The Who Sell Out. Six songs from Tommy. Three songs from Who's Next. Five songs from Quadrophenia. Zero songs from The Who by Numbers. One song from Who Are You. One song from Face Dances. One song from It's Hard. Zero songs from Endless Wire. And one song from the album who and then three other songs so singles only type of situation stuff that didn't end up on a a traditional studio album so initial comments on the set list so they didn't play anything prior to 1969 (laughs) so all of that you know stuff you know that kind of had a you know mid 60s feel to it you know when they were (laughs) kids they really ignored and obviously started with stuff from 69 so off of tommy you know the first uh first six songs was a nod to tommy so they kind of bounced around a little bit obviously played pinball wizard and (laughs) have a note here that uh pete kind of had to restart that song for whatever reason they weren't uh Weren't, everyone wasn't, uh, I guess, ready to go, but he restarted it, which uh, you should do that. You don't want to have it derailed immediately. We're not going to take it. You know, Daltrey just nailed that see me, feel me part of the song. And that part of it, that ending part, again, I, I feel like it has more of a, a vibe to it. It was almost more upbeat than normal, which, again, was fine, but again, Daltrey really, really sounded good for a for a 78-year-old. So prior to Who Are You, so they ended kind of that Tommy section and then went into four more songs before moving on to the, just the band only. So it was before the song Who Are You where uh, Pete Townsend addressed the crowd, which you heard at the beginning, which, uh, you know, I'm sure it was on his mind. You know, what do I say? You know, he kind of talked about Is there anything that I can say that'll be cool? Is there anything that I could say that would be uncool? You know, he mentioned talking about that they did not sell the seats kind of in the lower bowl, you know, straight back from the stage. And again, this is a a professional soccer stadium, so I don't know if that was, I don't know if those were seats or if that was some sort of standing room section, but that whole section was roped off. And of course, Pete comments on it and, and then he, if you could understand him in that in that clip, he talked about they could have sold them to Garth Brooks. So Garth Brooks was playing the uh, Bengals Stadium uh, both on Friday and Saturday. And he talks about that he sold out both nights, and he did not. The, the Saturday night show was the first one that went on sale, and that sold out, so they added the Friday show, and they did not sell that part out. But that's, that's why he made that comment about... Uh, about garth and you know again as as genuine as pete was being you know he obviously had some some zingers in there about not being paid for the show and wasn't going to try very hard and all that type of stuff but overall i i think i think it was the right thing to say i believe there were nine families out of the 11 uh, who died in 79 were present uh, at that show which was which was definitely very very cool as well and then in that first set ball and chain so (laughs) that was off of their most recent album just titled who and there was a guy standing next to me and then his buddy and of course when that song started or pete introduced it they kind of looked at each other and he's like you know ball and chain do you know ball and chain they didn't so they sat down as did a number of other people on the floor. But there were still quite a few of us still standing. And again, that's a great song. And, you know, these guys didn't know it, which is fine. But midway through, the guy that was actually standing right next to me got up and kind of got into it a little bit, which was cool. And then they ended that part of the set with Joined Together, which is one of my favorites. And here is how that sounded. (laughs) ¶¶ won't get fooled again and then behind blue eyes which was not with the full orchestra but they had a violinist and cellist out there with them as well so again it was a seven piece band so you obviously had Daltrey and townsend and then you had five other people on stage with them so simon townsend which is actually pete's brother which i didn't realize that was on guitar and backing vocals as well. He's been with them for about 20 years. John Button on bass guitar, been with them since 17. He was really, really good, you know, trying to mimic those uh, int whistle, uh bass lines was, uh, was, I'm sure, challenging, but he did a great job. Zach Starkey on drums, which is actually Ringo Starr's son, and he's been with them since 1996. And then Lauren Gold on keyboards and backing vocals. He's been with them since twenty twelve. Then they had another singer that was just doing kind of backing vocals and just just there to help out uh, where needed. Great seven piece band. So you better you bet. Got a huge reception as soon as you heard that uh, kind of that keyboard synth intro. And then won't get fooled again. So I didn't look up any videos for any of these shows so far on this tour. I didn't want to see any of that stuff, but I had read that uh, Daltrey and Townsend were actually doing (laughs) Won't Get Fooled Again acoustically, which was interesting uh, to say the least, but we didn't get it acoustically. We got the full band, and I don't know if that had anything to do with uh, the significance of this show, but we got a full electric version of Won't Get Fooled Again. So overall, it was, it was awesome. And again, you know, that whole kind of keyboard melody throughout. I mean, that was not a backing track. That keyboard guy was playing that throughout the whole thing. The, only, the end was a little bit of a shit show, and which kind of tells me that they hadn't been playing it uh electrically at all on this tour uh until this show but so everyone out there is probably wondering so how was the scream did he pull it off well here's how it sounded Behind me were in awe they were saying had they had chills and that that was awesome and he nailed it and all that stuff okay so as good as Daltrey sounded there is no way that was him alone screaming so an actual set list was posted on Twitter and I came across it and sure enough when you get down to won't get fooled again It said, in parentheses, with band and track, which again is fine. I don't have any problems with that. They're trying to recreate that, and he can't do it, and they're not going to have him attempt to do it and not be able to hit it, so they had a track, which is fine. And then back with the full orchestra, so the real me was very cool. Again, great song, sounded great. over me the keyboard guy for the who played a soliloquy and they had these candles that were on stage and again they went through and gave each of the 11 people that died had their picture up there for a long time and people were clapping and cheering and um you know it wasn't it wasn't the uh, atmosphere where it would have really been a, a moment of silence type of thing because, again, it was a, um, you know, kind of a celebration of getting the, the band back in Cincinnati and the fans being able to come out and see them, but they were paying their respects in their own way. I thought it was, I thought it was very cool, pretty emotional, and uh, actually, again, interesting that it happened to be this show that I wasn't even aware of uh, that this all this was going to be happening uh, until the day of and then Bob O'Reilly so they actually brought on a choir from I think one of the schools Finneytown I believe three of the people uh, who died in 79 were from there so had a lot of that kind of going on on stage towards the end and then the uh, violinist came out and played kind of all that that outro of that song live, which was, which was cool. So again, overall, it was awesome. Uh, Daltrey and Townsend, again, looked, (laughs) looked pretty good for, for 78 and 76. I think Pete turns 77 in a couple of days. And as I mentioned, Daltrey's voice was great. Again, there's still quite a bit of power in there, which was, which was very, very cool to see. So, again, Townsend was really, you know, I mean, he writes all the songs, so he's kind of the head of the band. He did most of the talking. Great sense of humor. So, a couple of uh, other observations. So, the chairs were tiny, and again, they were zip tied together, which, again, I get it. They don't want people to be throwing chairs or taking chairs and moving them out of the way, but having these things zip tied like this and moving around even just a little bit I think is a hazard they got to figure out a a different way to kind of do that and then directly in front of me was a family of four the husband and wife were probably my age maybe a little well probably my age and they had their daughter who was probably 14 and son who was probably you know 10 or 11 years old why did they get floor seats? Again, I know they were probably going for the best available, but there was a giant person standing right in front of this 11-year-old kid. And after three or four songs, I I tapped the, the woman on the shoulder and said, Hey, if he wants to stand up, he can stand up on this chair. He's not going to bother me at all. And, of course, the kid didn't want anything to do with that, but... I, I, I mean, it looked like the daughter was probably a fan because she was videoing some stuff and kind of clapping and excited about stuff. The son wanted nothing to do with it. And again, I, they they should have they should have bought some tickets in the in the lower bowl so so they could have seen more of the show. But again, overall, it was a great great show. I'm glad I finally got to see them. So now on to the Band on the Bill Spotlight. So very similar to episode 26, Rolling Stones, Voodoo Lounge Tour that I saw. That's the only time I ever saw the Stones. So I went through each of their decades and and picked out my top five songs per decade. Had some honorable mentions in there. So this is very similar. Only time I've seen the Who So let's go through the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then 2000s kind of as a whole because they've released two albums, one in the 2000s and one in the 2010s, and give you some of my favorite songs. So let's start off with the 1960s, and I will start off with Magic Bus from 1968. Great percussive intro into a classic acoustic riff, verse, call and response great melody and backing vocals too much magic bus so the magic bus backing vocals kind of continues and there's that underlying give me a hundred I won't take under she goes like thunder someone say thunder great breakdown which I mentioned earlier with that MTV ad I want my MTV you can't have it I want it like six times (laughs) and then outro I'd love lots going on Again, you've got that underlying Magic Bus, you've got the verse melody kind of coming back into play, and then that I Want It, I Want the Magic Bus, great percussion, just an awesome, awesome song. Next up, Pinball Wizard from 69, obviously off of Tommy. Acoustic intro, it's just classic. Next up, Pinball Wizard from 1969, off of Tommy. Classic acoustic intro into those distorted guitar power chords. And that riff after the Sure Plays a Mean Pinball line. Mm -hmm. is so good. Never ever gets old. Just the, the tone of it is just awesome. Chorus, great harmonies. And you gotta love Pete's interjection in there. How do you think he does it? what makes him so good next up i can see for miles 1967 really a heavy riff progression and percussion for 1967 great song great verse melody Doltry double tracking sounds great great underlying riff his oh yeah after the chorus is what Taylor Momsen uses during Fucked Up World. I kind of mentioned that on that Shine Down Pretty Reckless episode, but that's exactly where that's from. Chorus, I can see for miles. Great harmonies, percussion, underlying lead guitar notes are great as well. Next up, Substitute, 1966. Great riff, verse harmonies, pre chorus, substitute for another guy, chorus. Not really a call and response, but backing vocals, substitute, and then Daltrey's interjections over that are great. Your lies for fact, me for him, my coke for (laughs) gin. Some great lines in there, but this is way too long. It does not need to be four minutes. You could probably cut, you know, a good 45 second, maybe a minute off of this song, and it would be just fine. I mean, I feel like it's ending and then all of a sudden goes back into into that verse, uh, plastic spoon in my mouth line, I'm just like, God, this just needs to stop. So other than being too long, one of my favorites from the 60s. And then My Generation threw it on here, 1965, obviously a classic, can't deny it, driving riff, verse, call and response, underlying bass lines and percussion are so, so good for 1965. Adultery's delivery, obviously the stuttering is is classic. Talking about my generation, bass runs when the music drops out and the drums are still in there is fantastic. Kind of a chaotic outro. Percussion underlying talking about my generation. This is my generation. Great, great part of the song. So again, I didn't really veer off too much on these on these top five. I mean, those you know albums and and the singles that were coming out in the '60s. There were the hits <laughs> and the and the really good songs, and then you had quite a bit of filler on those albums as a whole. But some honorable mentions. I mean, I can't explain. I love that song love the riff but this version just it never really did much for me i I think i heard uh, scorpion's cover of this song before hearing the original so that version obviously kicks ass and again it's it's good live from what i've heard I obviously didn't play it at this show which was too bad but still love to hear it live by them but anyway a good good song run 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 from 1967, off of A Quick One, So Sad About Us, also off of that same album. Those are great songs. Armenia City in the Sky, 1967. The Who Sell Out is a good song. And then Instant Party, Circles, 1965. The Who Sings My Generation. Moving on to the 70s, so get into, you know, a few deeper songs here. But starting off with Bargain. 1971 off of Who's Next might be the best song on that album, in my opinion. Acoustic intro, drums into a killer main riff with a verse vocal, so, so good. daltrey sounds so much better than on track one of that album, in my opinion. Chorus, tempo change, I call that a bargain. The best I ever had, the best I ever had, and that scream. I mean, everyone <laughs> talks about the other screams on this album, Won't Get Fooled Again, you know, that type of stuff. But this, that scream is fantastic as well. And that breakdown, Townsend on the lead vocal, fantastic stuff. Next up, Joined Together, again, part of the Lost Life House album sessions. So 1970, 71, time frame. Intro, it's got that, Jews, harp, Townsend, harmonica, Daltrey, drums, verse hear the drummers drumming i want you to join together with the band lead fill verse continues and then that riff kicks in and the bass kicks in just so so awesome that underlying riff kind of during the verse slash chorus do you really think i care what you eat or what you wear great line great harmonies on the join together and join together with the band just an awesome awesome groove to that song Next up, I don't even know myself, so from 1971, B-side of Won't Get Fooled Again. Again, lots going on here, interesting arrangement. Harmonica, acoustic, kicks in with a cool riff, piano in there. Don't pretend that you know me, because I don't even know myself. Oh, I don't even know myself. Great percussion, post-chorus, tempo change in there, acoustic, piano part. I don't mind if you try, once in a while. I don't mind if I cry, once in a while. The doors aren't shut, as tight as they might seem. I'm just trying to fight my way out of this dream. So great, uh, great lyrics in there. Breakdown, do you remember me? I don't remember you, do you still love me? You know I think you do, and then outro, that acoustic kind of piano section comes back in. Awesome, awesome song. Next up, Won't Get Fooled Again, 1971, off of Who's Next. Again, not much to say, just an epic song. Used to be played for years prior to Kiss coming on stage, and when that scream would hit, that's when the curtain would drop. So anyway, prefer that over when they've been playing rock and roll a little bit more recently. Love the tone and the distortion on that song. Chorus, bass line, fantastic percussion. Great way to end the album. And then that breakdown and that legendary scream and then the double-tracked vocal, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. So, so good. And last, so Trick of the Light, I went with from 78, Who Are You, cool riff written by Entwistle. Great vibe, call and response with the riff and vocal. Chorus, but was I all right, and then backing vocals. Was I all right, did I take you to the height of ecstasy? Was I all right, was I all right, backing vocals. Did a shadow of emotion cross your face, or was it just another trick of the light? Bass solo in there as well, which why wouldn't it be? And it Whistle wrote the song. Breakdown, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? Great line. Again, great riff back into the verse. Just a cool, cool song. So some honorable mentions. 905 from 1978's Who Are You? along with the title track. Can't leave leave that out. Great, great song. And then The Real Me and Sea and Sand from 1973's Quadrophenia. And last but not least, Success Story, from 75s the who by numbers also written by Whistle. so now moving on to the 80s so i'm not going to give any honorable mentions because there's only two albums to choose from but so from face dances 1981 you better you bet again classic who intro synth almost sounds like a calliope in there upbeat verse, underlying ooze in there, pre-chorus, tempo slows, fantastic, some keys in there as well, but I drunk myself blind to the sound of old T-Rex, oh, and who's next? Again, chorus, classic call and response, when I say I love you, you say you better, you better, you better, you, better, you bet, up-tempo, and then slows down, song sounds kind of like the Cars a little bit to me breakdown you better love me all the time now chorus breakdown kicks back in and goes up a key during the outro you better bet your life or love will cut you like a knife fits the 80s again kind of has a new wavy type feel to it but awesome awesome song next up the song you off of face dances cool riff again written by entwhistle Cool lead fill in there, verse, cool vibe, driving bass, synth sound, chorus, save me, save me, I'm going down for the third time, save me, save me, somebody throw me my next line. Post chorus, too hot for me to handle, later, too late to change partners, (laughs) interesting line, cool solo, and then the outro, riff, and soloing are great. And then another Tricky Day off of that album as well. Can't believe this was not released as a single. Verse does have the same feel as You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Stones a little bit. Kind of reminds me of that. Verse Harmony's underlying riff, pre-chorus. Just got to get used to it. You irritated me, my friend. Chorus, this is no social crisis. This is you have fun. No crisis, getting burned by the sun. This is true. This is no social crisis. Just another tricky day for you. Again, interesting arrangement. Breakdown, another tricky day, another gently nagging pain. Outro, just another tricky day for you. You'll get through. Moving on to It's Hard from 1982. Couple songs off of there. It's Your Turn, featuring Andy Fairweather low on rhythm guitar, again written by Whistle. Cool riff. Verse, bass just pops in there. Interesting arrangement again. Hard to distinguish between the verse, bridge, chorus, etc. But again, a cool vibe. Sounds very 80s. Interesting lyrics. There's a stranger inside me somewhere. That shadow behind me don't even look like me. Outro, it's your turn. Step up and take it. If you've got the guts to hang on, you can make it. And then the last song off of It's Hard, So Dangerous, written by Entwistle again. So apparently I love Entwistle's 80s material. Very cool vibe, mid-tempo. Underlying keys in there, but not too overwhelming. Verse, fear is the key to your soul that makes you dangerous, so dangerous to yourself. Chorus, can you feel it in the shadows, watching you, touching you? Can you feel it in the shadows, follow you, swallow you? Call and response, can you feel it? Fear is the key. Can you feel it? Fear is the key to your soul. So, you know, people are probably wondering where Eminence Front is. Again, it's a fine song, but I I think these songs are are just better. (laughs) Better to my ear. So just one honorable mention. So the song How Can You Do It Alone comes off of Face Dances. But what's interesting is that's one version of the song, and then they put on the bonus... Version of Face Dances, they've got a live version of that song, and it's completely different. So, How Can You Do It Alone was first performed live much earlier than the release date of the album, Face Dances. In fact, all of its live performances came before its release. In 1979, Townsend introduced the song with a different, faster arrangement, with different lyrics during the encores of the U.S.-Canada leg of their tour. It was played once more in 1980, a version more similar to the studio version, though still quite different, was played at a concert at the Cornwall Coliseum in St. Austell on January 30th, 1981. By that time, the lyrics had been more or less set in stone, however, it was never played again after that concert. So that live version, I heard that song and I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't sound anything like the studio version of that song, but very, very cool song. Wish they would have recorded kind of that version of that song. It probably would have made my top five of the 80s. So then moving on to the 2000s and again, two albums. So Endless Wire released 2006 and the album Who released in 2020. So again, five songs is what I tried to do, but I've I've actually got six because I've got kind of two of them are kind of, you know, I guess mellower type songs, which is fine and they're very cool songs, but ended up with six. So starting with Endless Wire, mic post theme, song just kicks in, we're not strong enough, we're not young enough, Daltrey sounds kind of like Meatloaf here, and even a little bit of Robin Zander. Cool, upbeat song, chorus, everything is all right, bump de bum, we've prayed today, bump bump de bum, if there really is a God, bump de bum, so that, that backing vocal Bumpty Bum is so, so cool. So very, very hoo-ish as well. Next up, It's Not Enough. So not solely written by Townsend like everything else seems to be, but Pete Townsend and Rachel Fuller. Backing vocals, kick it off. It's not enough, whatever you give. Cool backing vocals. Almost has kind of a Tom Petty feel to it to me and maybe something else, but I can't place it. Great, great song. And then the title, Cut. Endless Wire, the extended version, amazing song. Again, more petty acoustic feel, great, great vibe, great chorus. Out on the Endless Wire, out on the Endless, Endless, out on the Endless Wire. Very, very cool song. Sounds kind of like something that might have fit on Wildflowers, but awesome, awesome song. And then moving on to the album Who, All the Music Must Fade, Great Rocker, All the Music Will Fade, Just Like the Edge of a Blade, Great Underlying Riff, Second Chorus, Call and Response, Very, Very Cool, Breakdown, Classic Who, What's Yours is Yours, What's Mine is Mine, What's Mine is Yours, and What's Yours is Mine. And then the aforementioned Ball and Chain, I talked about, they played that song, and lots of the crowd sat down, which was odd, because it was a rocker. (laughs) Cool piano intro, interesting arrangement. Again, down in Guantanamo, we've still got a ball and chain piano in there. Verse 2 starts to kick in a little bit. Down in Guantanamo, call and response. Great, great backing vocals there. And then oh, still waiting for the big cigars. Some cool orchestration and then breakdown. Very cool, who-like breakdown. And then beads on one string, And I've got the Jaggerdang remix on here. So again, co-writing credit here. So Pete Townsend and Josh Hunsaker. Cool orchestrated intro. Verse, chorus, very cool. Underlying music, post-chorus, kind of some call and response in there. Great backing vocals again. Underlying backing vocals through verse two. Chorus, post-chorus, call and response. Outro, like beads on one string. Don't you ever say never. Some great Daltrey interjections in there. So, again, no uh, honorable mentions for these two albums over the last two decades, but overall, some great stuff. And, you know, everybody kind of knows the 60s and 70s stuff, but check out those 80s albums Face Dances and It's Hard. I mean, there's some great, great stuff on there. And then there's a lot of songs on these more recent albums, but there are some gems on there. If you can kind of make it through there. It's kind of a long listen with those <laughs> albums being being pretty long, but there are some great, great songs on there as well. So now onto the slam fest tip of the week. So I talked about where I ended up parking and hung out there for, for several hours listening to music and enjoying the weather and and uh, drinking some beers. So I did not really have a theme per se you know driving down the five hours uh, to cincinnati i was kind of listening to some podcasts i was listening to some who stuff and and uh that's that's pretty much what i did on the drive down but i figured hey i'm seeing a band that was big in the 60s and 70s so let's stick to the 60s and 70s so this is what i listened to bend me shape me by the american breed balinese zz top Shapes of Things, The Yardbirds, Burnin' Sky, Bad Company, She'd Rather Be With Me, The Turtles, Panic in Detroit, David Bowie, Don't Bring Me Down, The Animals, Love Has Taken Its Toll, Foreigner, Along Comes Mary, Association, Teacher, Jethro Toll, Afterglow of Your Love, Small Faces, Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, by Elton John. Waterloo Sunset, The Kinks, Hand Me Down World, The Guess Who, Fool for the City, Fog Hat, I'll Feel a Whole Lot Better, The Birds, Razumanaz, Nazareth, I Got a Line on You, Spirit, Ballroom Blitz, Sweet, This Was a Long Distance Song Request from Robert Harrison of the In Obscuria Podcast. Reached out to him and he shot me that selection and I inserted it right here. Voodoo Child, Slight Return, Jimmy Hendrix. Gimme Love, April Wine. Glad All Over, Dave Clark 5. 10538 Overture, ELO. Get Off My Cloud, Rolling Stones. Feeling That Way, Journey. Dizzy, Tommy Rowe. Old Fashioned Love Song, Three Dog Night. Day Don't Come, the Cherry Slush, Us and Them, and then I Let It Roll to Brain Damage by Pink Floyd, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, The Beatles, Rats in the Cellar, Aerosmith, What Is and What Should Never Be, Led Zeppelin, Cadillac, T-Rex, Get Down, Make Love, Queen, Touch Too Much, ACDC, in honor of the opening act of that 1979 concert. And then I queued up that won't get fooled again cover from KISS live from Fort Worth, Texas, 1985. And then I ended my pregame with the cover of Under My Thumb by the band Streetheart. So one other funny thing that happened, so you pull into the parking lot and everything's kind of automated, right? There's no people around. So I'm sitting there and you've got your little ticket and I've got it in the in the dash. And all of a sudden this lady comes over and she comes right up to the driver's side window and she goes, hey, you know, doing a little warming up before the show? And I I had music just blaring and I'm sitting there and I said, yep. And of course she moved on. But if she would have pressed me at all, I would have diffused that by saying, make a song selection. What do you want to hear? (laughs) And, And everything will be good. But she moved on and, didn't bother me the rest of the evening. So now to close this episode out with a, which side are you on? Choose one. So being my only WHO episode, this will probably be the only time I see them. So why not go with their biggest studio album, Who's Next, released August 14th, 1971. Produced by The Who, Glenn Johns, an associate producer, Chris Stamp, Kit Lambert, and Peter Cameron, executive producers. Charted at number four and is certified three times platinum. So side one kicks off with Baba O'Reilly, so I talked a little bit about bargain and saying that Tree's double-tracked vocal was way better than what was on track one, so I agree with that, but again, classic keyboard synth intro, classic riff, but I've never been a huge fan (laughs) of the fact that that song kicks off and that riff is played by the piano initially. I, I feel like that thing just needs to kick you in the face and not build up, but just distorted guitars right away just ah uh, i don't get it again other than that classic riff it doesn't really do much for me i don't know i i mean the bridge is cool townsend on the lead vocals and the outro that tempo change and you know whatever that is again there was a violinist doing it uh, live uh, during the outro but i don't know never never did a ton for me again other than that riff already talked about bargain (laughs) said that it was probably the best song on the album for me love it love it love it love ain't for keeping cool acoustic song verse vocal chorus lay down beside me love ain't for keeping cool harmonies in there amazing bass work Again, very cool acoustic solo. And, and then the endings got that kind of acoustic guitar fill. Just very, very cool song for 1971. Next up, My Wife. Again, Entwistle's uh, contribution to this album. Kicks into a cool riff. Entwistle on lead vocals as well. Great percussion. Cool riff between chorus one and verse two. Brass section is cool. Fills out the song nicely. Entwistle whistle is credited with the brass, and then the brass section comes back later in the song, and then there's that call and response with She's Coming. Side one closes out with the song is over, mellow, piano, Townsend lead vocal, and synth chords during the verse. Townsend on lead vocal, and there's some cool synth chords during the verse. Kicks in, chorus, I'll sing my song to the wide open spaces, I'll sing my heart out to the infinite sea, I'll sing my visions to the sky, high mountains, I'll sing my song to the free, to the free. Cool underlying riff, piano, and orchestration, some synth in there as well. Ends just with him singing, the song is over, accepting one note, pure and easy. Playing so free like a breath rippling by, outro, riffing, synth, bass, and drums, fantastic. Moving on to side two, so only four songs on this side. Getting in tune, piano, indulge, verse chorus kicks in, but I'm in tune, right in tune, I'm in tune, and I'm gonna tune. Second chorus, right in on you, backing vocals, right in on you, breakdown vocal, I'm getting in tune to the straight and arrow, call and response with backing vocals, great, Baby With You, outro, up-tempo, getting in tune with the straight and arrow percussion, bass, piano, cool, cool song. Next up, Going Mobile, so Townsend, lead vocal, piano, percussion, and bass, great verse vocal, great solo, underlying bass and percussion. Play some of the solo through an envelope follower, kind of the fuzzy wah-wah sound that you hear, but very, very cool song. Behind Blue Eyes, acoustic guitar, vocal, verse, great harmonies, pre-chorus, double-tracked vocal, but my dreams, they aren't as empty as my conscience seems to be. I have hours, only lonely, my love is vengeance that's never free. Verse 2, underlying ooze, second pre-chorus, harmonizing, doesn't work quite as well to me. Then it kicks in, awesome, Daltrey sounds fantastic. Put Your Finger Down My Throat line, lead fills in there, awesome crunch riffage back into the intro of the song. And then I already talked about Won't Get Fooled Again, but closes out this album. So what do I do? Side one, side two. So, you know, Bob O'Reilly, not a huge fan of, so maybe just kind of throw that one aside. Bargain won't get fooled again. Again, give the edge to to bargain. Uh, Love Ain't For Keeping. Very, very cool song. My Wife, I love. The song is over. I love. Behind Blue Eyes is obviously classic. And I like getting in tune and and going mobile. But I think I gotta go. Even if you bring Barbara O'Reilly back in with, with that riff. Only... I I think that pushes side one over the top, so I'm going with side one over side two of The Who's Who's Next from 1971. Has anyone seen The Who on its The Who Hits Back tour in 2022? If so, when and where, and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your thoughts on The Who's overall discography? What are your top five songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 2000s? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on The Who's fifth studio album, Who's Next, from 1971, Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slam Fest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.